Cat and Moose podcast. I'm Cat and I'm Moose. This is a true life podcast where we explore the quirks of being human. Hing a hong, hing a hong, so we all needed to get that energy out of yes, us. Yes. Yes. I have some comments. First of all. Yes. Hi, Kat. Hello, Moose. Hello, Sarah. Hello. This is also a different day than we normally record. And we all have a lot of energy that needs to be expressed. Yes. Lord, now I'm making myself sweat. Did you get a long sleeve over there? Hey, Kat, I like your blouse. Hey, thank you, Sarah. (laughs) Are you not so Libre? (laughs) Yeah. I never saw that movie. Uh, Me either. Thank you, Sarah, for commenting on my blouse. I am wearing a new sweatshirt that I just got in the mail today. And Mm -hmm. um, it is... um, I think it's really pretty. I think the color is pretty. I like the way that the neck is cut to be not like you know Mm. um and this is meant to be like kind of yin yang ish right here it's like it's like there's the bumblebee and the whale and the trees and the mountains and the ocean and it's like all things are all things that's Um, really cool and um can i give this brand a shout out well heck yeah i mean i guess did they pay you no, she I paid, paid them. them for this shirt. <laughs> but you know what? In me buying this shirt, I have been a part of planting 10 trees. Mm. Well, mm. look at you, mm. you tree planter. Mm. I do appreciate the environmental aspect. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me too. Um, so let me tell you about this company. They're called... Um, because teas and their mission statement says we're making a difference together because brand company is a northern california based studio dedicated to empowering others to make small changes to save the planet and um, so basically what that means is you shop for items that speak to you you choose your favorite cause we donate 10 percent of your purchase and plant 10 trees per item there's no catch Here's all the information. And so they have, um, they work with this company called Eden Reforestation Projects to plant trees, uh-huh. the Ocean Cleanup, Pollinator Partnership, National Forest Foundation. Um, and I just think their designs are so cool. And so I was fed an ad on Facebook because um, that's how far I've evolved in social media. And, um, and so I bought myself this nifty, nifty little sweatshirt for the fall. Well, I love that you found that company, and I love that you highlighted them. Plant some trees, people. Great work. Okay, I have a fun fact of something I learned this week. Would you guys like to hear it? Yes. I do. A little-known fact is that kittens in a single litter can have different fathers. (laughs) It sounds like they're from Alabama. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, there are some from Alabama. There well. are some kittens <laughs> from Alabama. <laughs> um, so did you know that, Kat? I, no, I, I didn't. And the fact that you said, did you know that, comma, cat?" I find really funny. Uh, I, the reason I'm here at the kitten conversation, we are a kitten cod... 
<laughs> cod past. We are kitten cod past. Um, we also might be dyslexic and I'm not, I'm, that's not some ableist comment. I actually have been taking some tests, but what I'm trying to say, what I'm trying to say here is Sarah said to Archie and Montana recently, mm. do you know who your father is? <laughs> but she said it separately. It was a conversation to each of them directed, you know? And so yeah. I said, it's the same father. And she's like, that's not necessarily true. And I suppose if they are in the wild, I mean, assuming, I don't know what I'm assuming. This is kitten <laughs> culture, not... <laughs> What has happened to us? Keep going. You're doing a great job. Okay. So anyway, there could be as many fathers as there are kittens, is what I found out. The ability to produce a litter of kittens fathered by more than one tomcat is called super fucking... <laughs> <laughs> you guys, I'm not making this up. This might not be the right pronunciation. But let me just share the screen so you guys know I'm not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't help our listeners at all. No, I understand. I understand. But like here, I need you guys to pronounce the word. <laughs> yeah. Super fecundation. Fecundation. Super fecundation. Fecundation. Like feckin'. I gotta tell you, I didn't even know that was gonna be funny. I didn't even read the whole little snippet. I just took a screenshot and and threw it in there because I want. I thought it was bizarre that. And here, here's the gem. The gem of the whole thing <laughs> is what it's called: super fuckadation. <laughs> this is incredible. Yeah, you. That is its own cuss word. <laughs> If that doesn't make the title of this podcast, I don't know what will. It has to. Oh my gosh, that is hilarious. <sighs> so, so Miss, like, let me get this straight. So, <laughs> so Sarah has a conversation with each of the cats in the household yeah. individually and says, "Do you know who your father is?" And then you basically <laughs> say, "Like, duh," and that's why. Why wouldn't they know? Blah blah blah. blah. And it's like, well. Because Sarah schooled you and let you know that cats of the same litter don't always have the same father. And then you took a screenshot of the meaning of that and the terminology associated with that you did not read before the podcast. No, I'm not a real good. Um, and I'll just put this out there. If you're an employer that I have applied to, I'm just going to admit my weaknesses here. Being thorough my, when it comes to reading, and I, I do think there might be a little something there that hasn't been checked yet, is not my strong suit. So all I needed to see, and it could be fake news, I mean, for that matter, but all I needed to see was a little known fact is that kittens in a single litter can have different fathers. So, I, I mean, it was in a paragraph form, so I thought you might as well grab the whole thing. But there it is at the end. It tells you what it's called. Do you want me to tell you what it means? Well, I just did, didn't I? Well, there's more to it. Okay. <laughs> Please do. Here's how to pronounce it. Okay. Super fecundation. Super fecundation. Super fecundation. Yeah, so we're not crazy. Who would put F-U-C in the middle of that word? No. Okay, here's what it means. 
Super fecundation <laughs> is the fertilization of two or more ova from the same cycle by sperm from separate acts of sexual intercourse, which can lead to twin babies from two separate biological fathers. The term super fecundation is derived from fecund, meaning the ability to produce offspring. Yeah, we know what fecund means. Fecund. We sure do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> So that, that's really what I wanted to bring to this episode. <laughs> well, well, this has been a great episode. I love you guys. <laughs> <sighs> wow. Well, I'll see you guys next week. <laughs> to stay on our uh to stay on our fashion trend because kittens seem to have something to do with fashion um sure. i got a new pair of glasses this week oh Ooh. is that what you're wearing yes it is what i'm wearing and um i really really love the eye doctor who has been my eye doctor for like 20 plus years. He's amazing. I mean, <laughs> you love anyone Every... that is taking care of your health and your body <laughs> and the weather might we add. Yeah. So <laughs> if you are a practitioner of any kind, or if you know a lot about the weather, I, I'm your person. <laughs> like that's, that's, yeah. You're my person actually. Yeah, um, anyway. So, you know, shocker. I love my eye doctor and, um, he has just got the best staff. Like his staff is absolutely amazing, superior. And, um, I went in there, uh, after my appointment and I was like, Hey guys, like I need to get a new pair of glasses. Will you help me get fitted? And there was this lovely gentleman who like had me try on multiple pair of glasses and he was like, okay, like based on the shape of your face, like this looks good and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, these glasses are what came out of that experience after, um, they had to send them back to the factory two different times because the, the lenses weren't done properly because like I have a really, really weird prescription anyway. In this whole process, um, I walked in there at one point in the process and I was wearing a cat and moose podcast t-shirt and one of the ladies said, cat and moose podcast, who, who is that? And I said, I just raised my hand. I said, well, I'm cat. And she was like, oh my God, you have a podcast. And I said, yes, I do. I do it with my two best friends and you know, here's what it's all about. And I showed her where to find it on Spotify and, um, and all of that kind of stuff. And, um, the next time I went in to actually pick up my glasses. I, I felt like I was a star in Hollywood. Please tell me she didn't start listening. Not only she, they, like the girls in the office started listening. And so they were like, we love your podcast. It's so fun. It's so funny. And, mm -hmm. and they had listened to the, the most recent, like three or four episodes. And so I told them, um, I said, before I come back next time, I would invite you to consider episode number, whatever it was. I said at the very end of the episode, we get to the bottom of where all of my emotional problems started. <laughs> and it started with a name that my grandmother called me. Oh, and they gosh. were like, wow. Okay. And so, um, so I pointed out the episode and, and left and came back in about a week to pick up the second pair of glasses. And one of the ladies comes up to me and she kind of like, she kind of grabs my arm and takes me over to the side of the office and gets real quiet. And she said, um, I need to tell you something. <laughs> and I said, okay. 
what what is it and she goes your grandmother was really mean <laughs> she was really really mean and i'm so sorry (laughs) and she had yeah she had like developed this compassion for me because my grandmother um, called me a mean name when I was young and so um it just made me really happy and I wanted to give a shout out to the people over at primary eye care in Brentwood Tennessee oh that's where I go to and I love them yeah they're amazing oh so now I'm gonna have to go in and tell them I'm moose yes and they will freak out like they'll freak out like in a good way Oh my gosh. I have to tell you, I had a recent situation on this topic where I was at an event and I noticed that somebody could not stop staring at my mouth. And I mean, it was like, you know, I don't know. Have you ever noticed, do you watch people's eyes or do you watch people's mouth? I kind of go back and forth. Yeah, me too. Like that's sort of the natural thing. This person was locked in on my mouth to the point that I was like, something is going on weird. And when I left the event, they text a friend and realize that I was Moose. Oh. And we know each other in real life, uh-huh. but they didn't ever listen to the podcast until recently. And so just made the connection. Anyway, it was a very odd experience. And so, so can you tie that into the staring at your mouth? I can. Yeah, go ahead. How it related to me when you told that was when you and I went to go watch my favorite murder live. And we were like, we just kept looking at each other and around the room for the first like 30 minutes going like, do you guys hear this? Like, these are the people we've listened to for like three years. And um, I don't know if that person was experiencing that, but that was what came to my mind. Huh. Was they're just like, I-, 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 I know your voice so well. Oh, okay. yeah. I think they were putting together that, that yeah. I-, I recognize your voice, but <laughs> maybe I wasn't what they expected. Number one, <laughs> that's an option. Well, maybe they expected on. a real animal moose. I mean, that's a possible thing. Oh, I could just a, be the voice behind an animated character. Yeah, and for all they know, you've been so f- f- fucking dated. So, I mean, like, there's no telling. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's also possible. You you do, Moose. I, I will say this, and I, I have been accused of sometimes sounding like I'm flirting with you on the podcast. That's an accusation that's been made. Oh, and really? While- oh, are we sharing? Are we, like dirty laundering stuff we've heard because i mean i'm down (laughs) yeah i mean if you got anything else absolutely and just for clarification i am just offering you a compliment as as your best friend um i think that you have a beautiful mouth (laughs) (laughs) that is the most uncomfortable thing anyone has ever said (laughs) Wow. <laughs> Thank you. I think it almost every time I'm around you. If anyone, patrons, I'm going to show it to you in case you want to see it. It's starting to sag down. It's so pretty. What a great mouth. Look at those teeth. Yeah. Thank Guys, come on. 
Guys, tell your friends really awkward things that make them laugh that hard because I feel like I just cleansed a demon from like 12 <laughs> years ago. Like I feel like I can breathe. I may have I may have a hernia, but I feel like I can breathe a little better after that. So thank you. Hey, it's time for another surgery, Moose. <laughs> uh, no, I am done. D-O-N-E. Done. Well, one of the things that that the ladies at the eyeglass place um, asked me, and it made me think, I have been asked this several times, and we've had listeners write in and call in and text in and also ask this question. And so I wondered if you guys would be willing to do a little bit of a experiment with me or just a kind of fun exercise. As long as I don't have to get on the ground. No, you do not. <laughs> unless it's part of the answer to this question, which it is not. So um, I've had the question asked several times. How do you guys record the podcast? Like, how do you actually mm. how do you actually do it? And I thought, you know what? Like, if you don't know us really, really, really closely, like in person and have seen our setup, you don't know how we record the podcast. Yeah. And so I thought it would be neat to kind of talk about it. Um, and how it evolved, because when we first started doing the podcast, it was in February of 2020, 20. yeah, February of 2020. And we were together and we were at my office and we had two microphones and we had chairs set up and we had our microphones clamped. It was at our house, actually. I have oh, a, it was. Yes. I have a photo of it. Oh, my gosh. But yes, you were right. It was like Moose was on the couch and you were on a chair and we had mics like clamped to like the entertainment center and like the coffee table. Is that when you guys were living over on the west side of town? Yes. Yes. Okay. First time. Okay. Yep. Wow. Isn't that nuts? That is nuts. I'll I'll pull up I'll pull up the picture we can post it on this week's episode. Oh, that's amazing. That would be cool to see. Yeah. In I just remember the Shag Nasty episode. I remember we were sitting in my <laughs> office because that yes, is the yeah, first yep. time I truly expelled a demon like in my entire <laughs> life. Like Yeah. I I definitely had not seen you laugh that hard. And it was like a it was like that laugh where you're like, "Is she okay?" Like I'm not sure if she's actually okay. And then you're like, "Oh no, she's having fun." And because it was like one of those like and then it would get through it and then it would come back up like a wave like <laughs> like we need to go i need to, we need to go back and listen yeah. to that episode i haven't listened since 2020 so i'm sure well, it's in the year end recap too yeah it is i think it's in a year end recap and you could just like pull that clip and drop it in this episode um totally um thank you um so anyway, uh, all of that, to, what, what's my point? I don't know what my point. Oh, how do we do the oh. podcast? So how do we, how do we yeah. record the podcast? Yep. And so then, so we, we were at your place, we were at my place. Um, there were a few times in your new house where we recorded and then COVID happened and we had to like figure things out. And Sarah, you were a huge part of figuring that out. Like, will you explain? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously with COVID, we had, there was so much quarantining and not going out and, you know, who, who had COVID and who didn't, whatever. So we, we really had to learn Zoom. I think all of us had to learn Zoom in a big way during COVID. Um, and we kind of, I remember it being kind of bittersweet to go, mm -hmm. ah, but we like being in the same space and like the energies there and all of that. But for me, it was such a perk to having everybody in three separate rooms because I had 
isolated audio from each of your mics. So in case anyone talked over anyone, I can, I can, you know, manipulate it to where it's like, we avoid dead space or if like someone coughs. Um, and that was for me, the benefit of going to zoom. And we've just kind of stayed that way. That's so cool. And Moose, you and I and producer Sarah, we all use a little bit different of equipment and we got the equipment that you use from a dear friend. Can you talk about your? Yes. So I, we each kind of have to have some sort of, mine's not a mixing board. I think your guys is, is, but Mine's like some sort of, what is it? A compressor? What is it, guys? Uh, Yeah, it's um, technically called an audio interface. And yours is the quartet by the company Apogee. It's this fancy thing that you plug everything into and connect to Zoom and connect to um, the audio software that we use. And we each have at least learned enough to get into the program ourselves and create our files, which I am so impressed with, Kat. Yeah. And then somehow we save them somewhere magically. And Sarah spends anywhere from probably four to six hours editing. Yeah. Um, although you, you've been doing it. I guess you're getting faster at it. But um, it depends. Yeah. Kat and I each use an actual board called the Roadcaster Pro. And so there's a lot you can do, a lot we don't know what to do. But then we all use the same platform that we um, record our audio on, and it's called Adobe Audition. So every one of us has our own version of that on our desktop, and we all kind of just check in before we before we hit record, and then we're off to the races. So it's entirely virtual. And I love our mics, too. Our mics are Rode, Rode Procasters. I love the way our mics sound. Yeah, I think our mics sound really good, too. And I also had a client give me this really bougie mic Mm. um, for Christmas that sometimes I use. And it's like an all-in-one mic. So it allows you to plug the mic directly into your computer and not have to go through something Mm -hmm. like a Quartet or Mm -hmm. a Rodecaster Pro. And so um, this mic sounds really good, like especially when um, I have to do something on the fly. And... um, and then as far as like how we send our patrons, our, our weekly yeah. <laughs> unedited behind the scenes thing, we just record our Zoom and Moose sends it out to our patrons every week. So thank you guys for asking how we record the podcast. And if you've got more questions or have any curiosities or any feedback or constructive criticism or complaints, mm. um, you can just keep that to yourself. <laughs> okay i need to share two pieces of uh, um my brain exploding this week um so you know that little emoji where it's the the brain exploding this is how i felt on both of these so i i really do not know who i pulled this from so i can't give them credit which whatever i'm sorry i think it was someone famous but They were talking about saying yes to things we don't want to do. So everyone think about a time, even this week, that you said yes to something that you really did not want to do. This person said, when someone asks you to do something you don't want to do, we say yes because we want to control people's perception of us. Mm. What? Mm. Wow. That's so crazy. Like, and I started thinking about it. And once I, once I understood that, I was like, oh, so yeah. And I could look back and be like, I said yes there because I wanted them to think like, 
you know, this. And then I said yes there because I didn't want them to think this. And it's like, you're trying to control people's perception of us. Hmm. Wow. Merciful heavens. Okay. So that's one little, little snippet of goodness. And then I wanted to share this with you guys because it is quite simple and yet made me really think. This is from Mel Robbins on Instagram. And she said, decide how the person you want to become would act and then act that way. Even when it's really effing hard. Wow. That's good. And you know, I'm always looking for just like one little thing I can do to get started on whatever it is I want to become by the time I die. And (laughs) um, that is just huge for me because it's like, oh, I hear people say this all the time. Like, if you want to lose weight, you do what people who have lost weight do, you know, whatever. But even that from like, you know, where you want to belong and what you, what your values are and stuff like that. It's like decide how the person you want to become would act and then act that way. Well, in, in reading what you're sharing here, it says that the science behind this is no joke. It's called behavioral activation therapy. Yeah, the more you act like the person you want to become, even when you don't feel like that person yet, the quicker you become them. That's really neat. Let's try yeah. it. Okay, what's something you're going to do? Um, Moose, I love you. Oh, are you doing it? Mm-hmm. Oh, I love you too. Oh, love you, Sarah. I love you too, Kat. Thank you. I want to be, I want, um, I want to be more, um, vulnerable with my feelings when it feels, um, when it, when I get like a felt sense of like, I want, I want this person to know how I feel about them. I love that. Mm -hmm. Thank you. What are you going to do, Sarah? How are you going to act like the person you want to be? Um, I don't know if this counts. I feel like in a way I've been, I've had like small strides towards that. So if anything like uh, puts a stamp like of approval on maybe the way I have been acting, I guess. Um, and that's been just being more confident in um, my my job and how I approach conversations with people or a hard email or you know I'm like less and less of it is tied to how I emotionally feel or you know there's or maybe I should say there's less of me um emotionally involved in that and I'm just like doing my job you know working on behalf of my client or you know asking for what I need or you know whatever it is and um I've I've, it's come in small increments and some big moments but I feel like Really, in the last couple of weeks, I've seen a few of those, and um, it's really just made me me proud, you know. And uh, so, I think that's something I want to continue seeing myself doing. I love that. Yeah, that's really cool, Sarah. That's really cool. And um, as someone who um, gets to work with you on a somewhat regular basis, I feel like I've had um, the pleasure of observing you practicing this and it's super mm. impressive mm-hmm. like you're a badass <laughs> thank you yeah, yeah yeah you're pretty awesome what are you gonna do moose um i think 
uh, like showing up for the things I want to show up for fully, like fully being my true self and then not showing up for the things that I don't feel like are in season for me. Mm. In season. That is so maturely said. Oh, I'm a poet. Like me and Mary Oliver, Mm. um, we both are poets. (laughs) I love it. Cool. Um, I, I do need to share something. It's not uplifting, (laughs) but it's interesting. So uh, two bodies of young children were found inside of suitcases. Oh my gosh. In New Zealand. Like old suitcases, not new suitcases. Old suitcases. So these, this family bought these suitcases at auction and, um, well, let me read this first. So the victims were between five and 10 years old and are thought to have been in storage for at least three or four years. So the remains were discovered when a New Zealand family opened the suitcases after purchasing them from a storage unit through an online auction. I mean, like eBay, you're just pick- you're buying like mystery oh. things that are left over mm-hmm. in like a storage bin. Detective Inspector Valua told the press the family is not connected to the deaths and are understandably distressed. They're working to identify the bodies using personal items found alongside the suitcase as well as checking CCTV footage. He said the police are working with Interpol, the International Criminal Police Organization, and added that relatives of the victims are believed to be living in New Zealand. Okay, can can we just attempt to have like what would it be like to get something that you bought off of ebay an old suitcase off of ebay you get it home you open it up you're like oh my gosh this is that old suitcase that i bought off of ebay and you open it and inside is a dead body yeah each suitcase has a dead body what like what would you do (laughs) I would run out of the house would be my original thing. And then I would go, oh, God, it's in the house. How do I go back in the house? And then I think I would call 911 and say, I need you to come and get these. But I mean, obviously, these poor children, because who knows what has happened to them. But the, mm. bigger than even that, I th- well, not bigger than that, because of course that's the sadness of the story. But what this story said to me is how odd and beautiful and justice oriented the universe feels to me when I see something like this, because this was in a storage unit. Who knows how much longer it would have sat there or people would have just thrown it away. Say that nobody came for the storage unit, but instead somebody actually purchased this. And I feel like it's something about it says justice to Mm. me that these kids were like actually found and now they could figure out what happened to them. Mm. Mm -hmm. Wow. I mean, that is just that that has that that story has got so many emotional tentacles I know for me Me too. It's like, it's sad. It's scary. It's funny. 
it's devastating. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I know. It's crazy. I, I saw everybody's been posting about it the past day or so. And I just thought, oh my God, it's just the craziest story. Well, um, I have a story that is maybe a tiny bit more uplifting and equally maybe as crazy. Let's go there. So um, as as you guys know, I, um, in the past few years, have um, been very honored to develop an extended community of wonderful people in the bodywork professions. And, um, and some of them, um, my dearest of friends, um, some of my dearest of friends in that community are a part of, um, studying Jin Shindo at different levels of experience and, and all that kind of stuff. Like I have one friend who's in her seventies and I have one friend who's in her twenties and we all just love Jin Shindo. And so I was visiting one of those friends this morning and, um, we were catching up a little bit before we started the session or no, it was after the session. And I asked her, I said, how is this recent training thing that you, you went to up in New York and because she's training to become an instructor, which I just think is so cool. And, um, and she was like, man, it was really amazing and, and awesome. And she said that early in the trip that they were all in this like Airbnb together, staying together. And because it was so hot up in New York, there was a heat wave and, and this place had no air conditioning because it normally doesn't need air conditioning that far North. And, um, she said there was no air conditioning. So we had the windows and the doors like just wide open to try and circulate air in the house and one of the first evenings they were there a bat got in the house and so (laughs) so my friend who is so super cool she was like so what i did she goes the bat was just flying around like flying everywhere and obviously we didn't want it to get hurt like we didn't it it didn't want to be in the house you know and i said well i debate that i said the bat knew there was a house full of body workers so it was probably like hey like sign me up you know um and she did the coolest thing she said that she studied she, she watched and studied the flight pattern of the that so much so that at the right exact moment in time she threw a towel up in the air the bat flew into the towel she grabbed the towel and threw the towel and the bat out the door oh my amazing like badass right yeah i would never do that well, I, I don't know that I would think to do that. Mm. And I just thought, what a badass that was basically like, you know what? Like, I'm going to I'm going to simplify this, study this pattern and I'm going to catch this poor thing and then set it back out into the wild. I just thought that was the neatest story. Now, it wouldn't be neat if that bat had bitten her in the neck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could have been neat. She could have become, she could have become a vampire. That is, I was thinking the same thing. I just realized that I'm Debbie Downer. <laughs> <laughs> and this whole time I thought your name was Moose. You're Debbie. Oh my gosh. That is so scary though. Like I wouldn't mm-hmm. do that because I, I'm like, if it's super weird and super random, I will catch it or I will, it will happen to me. So yeah, she is brave. No, thank you. <laughs> so are you, um, are you manifesting a bat presence? I, I don't know, but I'm nervous now because I just saw a, um, 
a bat thing on Instagram stories and, um, and I remember how much they freaked me out. Have you ever been to that bridge in Austin where all the bats like congregate? No. Oh, it's like a whole thing. Let me look it up. Anyone who's from Austin, I'm going to butcher this if I don't look it up. Um, um, I think it's really cool that she was telling me that um, at one point in time that the meaning, like the animal meaning of bat um, came up and it was just kind of a neat symbolic thing. And there's a lot of people out there who think different animals mean different things. And I, I just Googled like, hey, what is a what is a bat symbolize? And what Google came back and told me is that bats symbolize death and rebirth. Sometimes they are known as the guardian of the night. It is largely misunderstood and so therefore many of its symbolic meanings are inappropriately fear-based the bat is a symbol of rebirth and death because it is a creature that lives in the belly of mother earth oh my gosh i love that isn't that beautiful we need to look in our um what's our animal book called power animal power animal power the thing i've noticed about that book is it doesn't have a lot of common animals in there no i don't mm. think you've looked a lot <laughs> i i have been just fine with it you <laughs> well the other day i looked up i think i looked up cat and like there's no cat in there well that is very odd especially if cats are able to subfugate right oh my god Okay, here are the bats in Austin. So wait, what is this? It, what is happening? This, these are the bats. Pregnant? 750,000 pregnant bats fly to Austin every March. Why? They nest under this bridge. Mom and babies hunt together. From late July to early November. Oh, that's a rhyme. That's 1.5 million bat. Why Austin? I don't know. That's more bats than people in Austin. Wow. Wow, that's phenomenal. So I, the one time I went to Austin, I went to the Congress Street Bridge. There's a bunch of hotels right there. So you just walk right over. And it is one of the creepiest things. <laughs> to watch them all congregate there under the bridge they're all over the bridge they don't care that you're there and yeah but and you didn't get bitten in the neck well maybe i did and that's what's been wrong with me <laughs> i just said that's what's been wrong with me is that even proper grammar and that's it what has matter. been wrong with me it doesn't matter we're a grammar podcast you're a grammar bat Subjugation, fuckulation <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Don't forget it. Special thanks to our producer, Sarah Reed. To find out more, go to catandmoosepodcast.com. Thank you.